I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. Welcome to episode 10 of the Talking With Giants podcast, where three socially distant Giants fans come at your ears and are about as well received as Kenny Edwards' index finger. Uh, this week, we're back to, f- to almost full tilt. I'm Matt Shaw, uh, the one without the blue tick, and with me today, I have Jake Rowlands and Nathaniel Wood, and hopefully Josh Phillips will be on any minute now, but I think he's overrunning somewhere. Uh, how are you doing, guys? Yeah, good, thank you. Yourself? Not too bad, not too bad. I think first up, we'll talk about Le Catalostrophe. I've tried to wedge that in there. Uh, Huddersfield Giants 12, Catalan Dragons 50. Got to be honest, lads, I didn't really enjoy this one. <laughs> Who's going to go first now, or shall I? <laughs> oh, chill, mate, I'll let you choose yeah. you. Um, yeah, I ain't got too much to say, really. Did they expect us to get hammered? Yes. Did we get hammered? Yes. <laughs> Um, disappointing thing for me was well, during the game with the amount of individual errors that, that we seemed to cough up at certain crucial times. We had a period in game where we could have got back in the game and immediately after we've scored a try, we knock on. Um, there's no other team that does that as often as Giants in Super League. And um, I know we had a lot of players missing, but that's nothing to do with that. It's down to concentration at players on field and I just think that, you know, I don't know what goes through some of the heads at times. Um, really disappointing thing as well, you know, when we when teams go down to 12 men, or in Catalan's case, 11 men, it never makes a difference to us at all. You know, fans were up in arms cheering and I was thinking, I don't know what we're cheering at because probably, we're probably going to come worse off and we did. I think we lost, when the first went down to 12 men, we lost 12-6 that Next tell the next ten minutes, and then obviously when they'd gone down to eleven men, they scored an overlap try, which for me is pretty disgusting. Really, when you feel positives, uh, Will Price looked sharp when he came on. Uh, I don't know why he waited so long for him to bring him on. Ian Watson, you know, he said before the game he were ready. Um, you know, why is he waiting till the game's completely done and we're absolutely getting hammered to bring him on to make a little bit of a difference? Don't know. Um. Apart from that, Ashaw Bot looked all right. First, and Ollie Russell, first, you know, 10, 15 minutes. I thought they looked really well. And I think Ashaw Bot made a couple of errors and I think it sort of just impacted the rest of his game, really. And he made quite a few after that. But, you know, I think we've got to stick with these young lads going forward now because if you drop them after a couple of errors, you know, it's not going to do up for the confidence. Um, you know, leave them in for me now. Um, you know, they can't be any worse than what we've, what we've got anyway. So, uh, Nat, how did you see it? Uh, yeah, probably the same. Um, like Jay said, did I expect to get bad? Yeah, did we get bad? Yeah. Um, I agree, I'd have probably started Will Price, but I can also see in Watson's side of why he didn't. And, you know, like I did say to a couple of lads, I thought Will might have struggled. You know, not many 18 year olds do come in and probably do as well as Will did. So, fair play to Will, like we all know, he's a special talent and 
he definitely proved that Thursday night probably the only good thing that came out of of the night on Thursday. Um, I give a bit of credit to the lads. I don't think they ever gave in. I think they kept trying. They kept going. Um, no, I know Jay don't like it, but the effort were good, wasn't it? They kept trying. They never dropped their heads and sort of give in like they have done in the past. So they I think, a bit think of majority at squad. I think there were a couple of players that looked a bit. I don't know. Some of your more senior players didn't look as interested as some of the younger think, players. I think you get that in any team, though, don't you? When they're down, yeah. uh, I keep saying to everyone, like everyone's like, well, "Why did you expect to get barred?" Well, you know, we'll go to St. Helens, who are the best team in the league. If you take Coo, Lomax, Farge, Roby, Wells behind their team, are they going to win games? Probably not. They're going to lose many, no. lose more than they win. You know, look at who we got. We've got his first choice fullback playing hooker. You probably class all the Ashard bottles as fourth choice fullback behind Golden, Darnell and Gaskell because they've all played there before in this year. You've got a 22-year-old, 23-year-old Oliver playing as leading the team out of the main half You've got a centre winger playing at half back. You know, yeah, we've got injuries and yeah, I get that Leeds had injuries earlier on in the year, but they had Gale, they had Myler, they had the spine, they had two good spine players there. Our spine has gone. We've no experience in the spine positions. They're actually main positions, and that's they're the players that win your games eight times out of ten, and we're missing all them. So, well, none of them are due back anytime soon, as far as I know. So, that's what we've got. So, we're just gonna have to keep going and you know, back Holly, like, like Jay said, back Holly Russell, back Will Price, back these young lads now, and give them experience. And we will only benefit from it with down, down the line with years to come. Speaking so of... The thing for me was, sorry, say, Jake, we, we, um, looked, we looked a little bit better going forward than what we did with some of us more senior players in it previous weeks, which was a little bit... I don't know. I, don't, I can't put my finger on that. From, I think that comes from energy. The young lads will bring energy to the team. Like they're desperate. You like to Sam Hewitt, you know, the youngsters like Sam, Owen, Trout, Ollie Russell, they bring energy. They want to play. They want to play for this club. You know, you don't get that laziness from them because they do, you know, they're desperate to make a name and make a name in Super League, not just Rudderfield, but in general, and they bring energy to the team. And I think that's what they all did, to be fair. Like you say, probably if you won't mention names, but probably through the senior blocks, if you want to really nitpick for me at certain people, probably the senior blocks, a couple of senior blocks let down. But apart from that, look, they, they tried. It's what we've got. It's going to be a long, hard road for us this year, but we'll keep going and keep supporting them and hope we pick up a few wins on the way. I was going to say, guys, there were a few few bits of quality from Jake Wardle in the two tries as well. The first first try that we got was was great from him, wasn't it, really? How he's put Golden in and uh, and a good little bit at the end. So it's good to see, I guess, Jake Wardle. There were, there were murmurs that he might play fullback, weren't they, sort of before the game. Um, but it's good to see him coming through and, and, and continuing to impress, really. Well, he did, he did play fullback for the last 15 minutes, I believe, uh, when Will Price came on. Jake went to fullback. Um Looked quite good in certain parts. Um, you know, he's not really played there before, so um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he lined up there on Sunday if we do get to play Wigan uh, as a fullback. Uh, yeah, so uh, Josh is uh, just sending a message now to say he's had a nap and he's missed the podcast, so I'm going to shit house him right off the bat there. So you know, you know, full disclosure. Um, right, lads. So. Um, when you get to a certain age, uh, I'm sure we'll all find this out at some point, um, you go see your GP for a prostate exam. Uh, I'm not sure if Kenny Edwards is a qualified GP or whether Sam Cassiano is his registered patient, uh, but there's a grade F charge that now awaits uh, Kenny, which isn't good news for Kenny. It's not good news. I, I like Kenny Edwards. I've, you know, I'm, I'm quite upfront about that. I like his, uh, 
I like it, you know, a lot of his play, but this not so not so good. I know Kenny Edwards has released a bit of a statement, hasn't he? Well, had a bit of a rant, hasn't he? Saying it's a bit of a joke between two mates, and they are mates, you know, him and Sam Cassiano. They go on holiday together and bits and bats. And I'm not sure how I feel about this. Uh, part of me wants to back Kenny Edwards because I like him, but the other part thinks, you know, you've let your club and your teammates down, especially if it ends up in an eight-game ban. How about you guys, Jake? You're shaking your head. I'm going to go to you first. Um, whether it's a joke or not, jokes aside, you know we were getting hammered. Um, why are you joking around on the field? Um, you know when we're getting hammered. Secondly, the disciplinary panel can't go easy on him. <laughs> why? Because if they do it for one person, you know people are going to start using that excuse all the time. I saw Cassiano in the game kicking off with the referee for about five minutes, and I didn't understand what had gone on. But he was fuming at the time. So the fact that he was fuming at the time says all you need to know about the situation. He didn't like it, didn't find it funny. Why, just because it's Kenny Edwards and he's realised it's Kenny after the game, does he suddenly find it's funny? Uh, you know, a bit of a joke. You know, he's, he was pissed off with it at the time, excuse my language. He's then found out it's his mate. They probably had a chat after the game. Look, mate, you can't do this. I might end up getting fined, you know, so they've probably come to a mutual agreement that he'll, he'll write in, but... Disgusting behaviour, really, and it's just not what you need from club. And uh, I expect the club to, uh, I don't know, um, discipline him in some way, potentially, if he gets an eight-game ban. Um, you know, we're already low on troops as it is. Um, can't afford one of his better players to be doing that and missing the next eight games, putting even more pressure on the side onto that. Oh, to be honest, like Matt says, I do like Kenny and... I don't know anyone who's listening to this think that I'm, I'm going against him, I'm turning against him, but I'm absolutely fuming at what he's done. As Jake said, forget the eight-game ban, forget that it's a joke or it's not a joke. We're 20-0 down at half-time. We've got a very young side out. You're one of our key senior men in the team and you're messing about putting your finger up someone's bum. I don't you know. What does that show to the younger lads in the team? What, you know... I can't get my head around why he thought it was a good idea to do it and no professional should be doing it. I don't care who you are if you're having a joke. I don't go around my mates and doing it because, and we have a good laugh but we don't do that. I don't get why he's done it. He deserves the eight-game ban. As Jake said, Cassiano can write in all he wants. You've complained and the RFL can't turn around now and say, you know what, we're not going to ban you because you did it as a joke because every player will do it every week and just say, well, we're only joking. Yeah. And so... They're going to say him. They're going to ban him for eight games. Look at his injury list with Caesar, Bruno, you know, all these players that have seen Gaskill, Cogger, the senior men in his team. Yet we lose another one because of his stupidity. I'll argue with any Giants fan who wants to come to me and tries defending him that it's only a joke, living up. It's not a joke. It really isn't a joke when you're leaving. You know, you've let your team down, you've let the club down, you've let the fans down. Joke or no joke, you need to come out and apologise for doing it for me. Because like, still, like I've just said, you've let everyone down at the club. I'd be docking his wages, and you know, if rumours are true that he didn't want to be here, I'd pay him rest of his contract now and sack him off. Because for me, it's an absolute joke. He's done. Well, that. I think if that's the case, I think he'll have played his last game for Giants. If he's going to be moving on at the end of the year, if he gets an eight-game ban, I can't see him playing another game for this club this year, or indeed at all. If he does move on, I hope he doesn't. Um, I like, like that says that I like uh, Kenny Edwards. I think he's been a, shown a lot of energy and enthusiasm earlier on in the year. Um, when something others haven't um, always looks a bit dangerous at times out wide 
But, you know, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he's good friends with Cassiano. We all knew that going on holiday together. If you want to stick your finger up his bum, do it when you're on holiday over in France or something like that, not on a rugby pitch. <laughs> uh, speaking of charges, uh, I'm going to give a grade A charge to uh, Josh Phillips for turning up late. Uh, you are right, Josh? Uh, how, how about you and uh, Kenny Edwards? Uh, how's your feeling on this? Yeah, sorry, Max. I had a, a very important meeting. Not. Um, well... I, I've read something about him. He says he's denied it, hasn't he? So no, he said it's a joke, hasn't he? Or I just said it's a joke. So that, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, in that case, then no, that that's uh, that's different. If he denied it, then I might have been a bit more on the fence. But if he's if he's uh, come out and said I did it, but it was a joke, then it's not a joke, is it? It's it's gonna it's cost us one of our better players for eight games and. Like I can, say, I can quote him, Josh. Shouldn't. I can it quote is. him. It's, it's on seriousaboutrugbyleague.com. He's he's. Um, he says Edwards was keen to set the record straight, and he sets the record straight by saying, "It's hang on, I think one of my keys on here might work." There we go. He said, "Hang on, uh, I didn't. I said that." Edwards says, "It's bullshit." Edwards said, "Me and Sam Cassiano are best friends, and they have blown a joke between two mates way out of proportion. My name is getting dragged from pillar to post because the headlines say I've tried to put my fingers in someone's ass." Uh, we travelled to Dubai in the off-season together with our families, so we are very close. I don't like what's been said about me. <clears throat> so, he's not really denied it, but... Don't do it. It's, well, yeah. That's just a load of rubbish, isn't it? You're going to get your name dragged through a pill to post if you do something like that by every fan. You're in, you're in the public eye. You know, for me, like I said, it's, there's no there's no excuse. There's no... thing. just come out and say, look, I'm, you know, I made a stupid error of judgment when I was playing the game. I have let the club down. I'm sorry it won't happen again. Mm. And then we crack on after eight game ban and get back playing for us. But mm. yeah. I mean, the, the Cassiano article sums it up really because he's basically said that he didn't do it, didn't he? Um, can't remember what I read this morning, but he, he did one maybe on the same site where he said, um, where somebody said that he'd written into the RFL to let him know that it were a joke and he didn't want them, he wants them to go easy on him. <laughs> it's I, think it be, I think it would be apt to say the whole thing stinks. Hey. Hey. Oh dear, dear, dear. Uh, yeah, so Josh, um, it's time for the stats. So, obviously, game start as always, uh, Mr. Josh Jones, uh, 97% tackling, 40 tackles, 12 of which were from Marker. Uh, Owen Trout and Luke Yates also uh, impressed in defence, 37 and 30 tackles each, respectively. None of them missed. Uh, Drake Wardle, the only player to make uh, two clean breaks, and he also made 100 metres on the night. And uh, Ashton Golden also put in a, a decent shift with 45 tackles uh, in defence. Um, is there any of that surprise you, lads? Uh, Josh Jones, as oh. always, topping the stats. I was going to um, say, if anybody does the SL Dream Team, Josh, then Ashton Golden, if they've got him as a fullback, then he needs to go in because mm-hmm. he'll be making 40 to 50 tackles a game and points galore there if you do play that game. Um, yeah. I'm, Owen Trout's growing on me. I have to yeah, say, he's, Owen he's, Trout's he's really better. growing on me. Yeah, he's definitely getting better. Than more, that's a prime example of where you leave somebody in, you know, let them develop and then you reap the rewards. He's a prime example of that. He's probably played by default this year. You know, we've had so many injuries, so he stayed in the side. But like you say, he's getting better and better. And that's what we need to do with some of the other youngsters now. Mm-hmm. And I was I like quite him. surprised with some with some of the names on there. Um, you know, I won't really... It was one of them games where it was hard to tell who stood out in terms of a performance, really. Um, when we did throw the ball about, obviously, Jake Wardle looked um, threatening. Um, but obviously, we waited till the second half to do that. 
Golding for me was our man of the match. He looked, you know, played 80 minutes, was really strong defensively and looked good quite going forward as well. So um, I did expect his name to be on there, but some of the others I were a little bit surprised at. And in terms of the uh, the team stats, uh, Catalan made a lot more metres than us. Um, I was just looking at thousand, that, yeah. Just over 1,000. Catalan did 1,182. But interestingly, uh, they actually made more tackles than us. So I'm not sure what that's saying. Um, Eric, it's got more tries as well. <laughs> 10 minutes on their line when they had 11 men and still couldn't score. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go, yeah. Uh, errors pretty similar. Uh, we didn't make that many errors, to be fair. Only seven to six of theirs. Average gain, uh, they were eight metres. We were 6.28, which uh, tells what I already know. Um, we would assume that was the case from the game. Um, interestingly, uh, we, we made five offloads in this game to their one. But I suppose we were chasing the game for most of it, weren't we? So we had to try and uh, play a bit. Um, they made 140-20. We didn't uh, make one on the night. But uh, yeah, as you say, that that spell of uh, pressure on their line uh, probably tells uh, why they had more tackles, made more tackles than us. Do you know what stands uh, out to me, Josh? We couldn't get over. Sorry, mate. What stands out to me is Jake Wardle was, you know, made our most meters with a hundred. Catalan mm. have had five players that have made more than Jake, which I think shows really where they've won the that, game. That that hundred meters will have ninety percent of that will have come from one break. <laughs> so, yeah, the second the try. Yeah. So, apart from that, is he, he's not really made any to be honest. So no. After that, there's Jerry with ninety four and Ollie Ashelbots made ninety. So good good website this for stats. I've got to give Eddie his due. It's good. It's good as this. Yeah, it's not bad, is it? Yeah. To be fair to it, lads, it was always going to be a tough order against Catalan. The way Ian Watson sets up to play against Catalan is never going to work with the squad we've got. Uh, even if we had a full strength side we wouldn't be able to beat Catalan the way we play, I don't think. Um, you know, so I don't think anyone expected us to win. And, you know, the result no. was what it was, really. There we go. We'll move on from uh, Catalan. I called it Le Catalostrophe before, Josh. I'm not sure if that works at all, but I'm sticking with it. We've got to, you know, tough these we'll, things out sometimes. We'll play about. We'll play about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> talking points. Um, so it looks like uh, one of my favourites, Aidan Caesar, is going to go to... Uh, to the club up the road from me and start beating his chest. It's um, not good, really. I'm quite disappointed by this one, Nat. Yeah. Um, first of all, what what a lot of fans actually don't realise, as far as I know, and he could be wrong, so if anyone from the club wants to correct me, then fair enough, but we haven't actually offered him a new contract. So he's entitled to go where he wants. So Ian Watson or the club obviously don't want him or they've agreed that he won't be offered a new contract, so... Everyone's saying that he's turning us down to go to Leeds. No, he ain't, because we haven't offered him a new deal. So, hmm. is he going to Leeds probably because he can't get a deal in the NRL? Probably. Let's be honest, probably is. Should Leeds fans be excited about getting him? Probably. Hmm. If you get the lad that led Canberra to a grand final and the one before that plays, played with before lockdown last year, you've got a good sign on your hands and he'll take you close. Because, you know, with when he's playing with the likes of Luke Gale and Milo and Ash Hanley and hmm. Matt Pryor, He's going to stand out a lot more than he probably has done at us. That Matt Pryor's class, isn't he? Yeah, yeah Matt Pryor's world class. So when you play with better players, he'll obviously get better and he'll yeah. play better. And we get that. For me, it's just the way he's gone this year. Like His attitude for me looks wrong. I'm not saying it isn't. Um, I'm not going to give him too much stick because I'm sure it's, I'm probably wrong. But it's just some of it. his play this year doesn't look like it was last year. I don't know if that's because the rumours are true about him and Watson or... If he doesn't like the way we're playing, he wants to spread it out, or if he's not interested, or if he's carrying a niggle, or, or what, I don't know. But for me, you know, plenty of rumours, 
that when he signed of how much money he's on, he's on 300 grand a plus or whatever he's on. Well, if that's true, then for me, let's pay him out of his contract now. We have to pay for his rehab because contract issues, you can't just not do it. Get him out of the camp if it's true, if he don't want to be there. Because it's just upsetting. For me, it'll, it's just obviously upsetting the rest of the camp. If he's not willing to help while he's injured and help talk to the young halves, then I don't see the point of being in camp if he's not going to play for us again. Regarding the money, why not give it to someone like Jake Wardle? NRL teams are sniffing around Jake Wardle every single season. Why not say to him, we want to keep you? Here's 300 grand a year. Josh Jones, you know, people that... It's time for me now that I've stopped looking at, not just season in general, but Aussies in New Zealand in general. Forget them. When was the last time we had a good one? Oh, I've, I've said that for, for, for a couple of years, haven't I? You know, when, we, when you bring in the likes of Gavi, not to single Gavi out, but previously, you know, your Shannon Wakeman's, your Matt Frawley's, they are no better than the players we've already got at this club. Let's go Who back to Gavi. It's from Championship. And yep. We give them lads to go. Look how good they turn out for us. It's just time to concentrate on people who, who are from this country who want to play for this club. Like, I don't care if we come bottom of the league. If I've got 17 players on that pitch and I'm watching them and giving their heart and soul for this club every week, that's all I want. I'm not asked about winning or losing. Yeah, I mean, the good ones we've had in the past, the majority of them always seem to end up with certain issues as well. You know, when we got Luke O'Donnell, he were absolute class acts, but again, we couldn't keep him. He wanted to go back home after a year. You know, Edwards, we've had him a couple of years now and there seems to be issues arising. You know, Caesar's done two years. I'm going to be honest, I don't think he's been the worth the marquee money overall than, uh, from what we've been paying him. Um, if the rumours are true, what we're going to be paying for your Farge, is he worth that sort of money? I don't believe he is either. Um, well, let's we'll see what like he Leeds, Leeds will get a good player and I'll be disappointed seeing him in another shirt in Super League. Um, but, you know, you've got to back Ian Watson, his plans, his team. So, you know, after receiving that letter, email from the club, um, you know, they're backing him 100%. So I guess guess we've got to do the same now. The interesting part from that email, I don't know if you read it, well, it's a four or five year plan that Watson's got. Yeah. Backing him for that. So I don't think we can expect much this year. Probably don't expect much next year. No. But we should be looking, no, he's, he said that he's doing a four or five year plan and he's not interested in leaving. So, I think, yeah, it's going to be a long year this year now with the injuries and stuff, and maybe next year might be a long year, but let's just back him, let's just stick with him and see if it comes good. But like I say, regarding Caesar, go back to him, look, we all know how good he can be. Mm. Let's not all deny Caesar saying we're glad to see him leave, because we're not. We're glad to see him in our team. If Leeds get the play, like I said, that he played at Canberra when he first came over here, and fair play to him. And for me, look, good luck to him. Well, I, you know, I said it's about Cruz and... Mellow when they left, and you know, did I want Lee's think Charles Cook last year? Yeah, I did because I wanted to see Cruz and Alex Mellow if that's your fair. No better seeing for me. I'm not, yeah, I don't like Leeds, I don't like Bradford, I don't like Wakefield, but if the best Giants players in, I'm not, there's one little bit Mellow and Cruz gave everything they had to the club till they left, so I like to see him go on and do well. Yeah, well, you, can't, you can't deny him getting a deal somewhere else, you know, if he's getting paid good money, fair play to him. If we've not offered him a deal. Mm. I, you know, every, everybody would do the same in his position. Oh, um, good luck to him, and yeah, I hope he does well. But shame to see him in another shirt. Yeah, good luck to mm-hmm. him. Main question is, will I be with him next year? Yeah, of course I will. <laughs> <laughs> Just going back to the the point about uh, overseas signings. Um, for me, we we have had some good ones, steady ones over the years. Kumatai was here, you know, 
eight seasons. David yeah, Fayou yeah. moved likewise. I, I think it's a bit unfair to say um, all our overseas signings have been crap. I'm not and, saying at all, Josh, but the difference with like Akuma Tai is he, he's come over here, he's moved his family here, he's, hmm. he's, he's a UK citizen now. He's been here for 10 plus years, I think, in this country. And he's looking, and even after not getting another Super League contract, he's gone to play for Newcastle. Other, yeah. other you can tell the difference between people that are here to make a career and to play than people who are here just to pick up a pension pot for a couple of years or just you know just try it out. Well, maybe so maybe our homework needs to be better, Jake. That's the yeah you, yeah homework could be better, but you don't know really until they get here, do you? You could say, well, Kuma Tai came over, he was overweight, he was late to training, so at that point you could have said, well, he's another one, isn't he? But sometimes people change, don't they? Um, so I, I don't think. I don't think I'd just scrap overseas signings completely. Not so completely. We need, to, we need to be a bit more uh, <laughs> Yeah, but the, the, the player pool talent here is not as big as it was in the time that you're talking about when we're picking up it's players. It's not, but in, in the year when we signed Akula Uate, he was on his way out anyway. He was picking up injuries. You know, we made a big deal out of signing him. He were already cropped. Um, I might have got cropped again just after we'd signed him. But, you know, at the same time, there were players like Tom Davis that were up for, you know, and then you like Josh Charnley coming back, you know. Aquila Uate would have been paid double what Josh Charnley gets paid. Because I remember Richard Fulis sat on a podcast once, um, I think it was a full 80, and he was saying there's a 30% uplift in what you've got to play overseas players compared to homegrown players. So I'd imagine that players like Uate would have been on double like a Josh Charnley. You know, for me, you're better off looking at players that are coming available like that, you know, like, like last year, you know, players like Rob Mullen who haven't been that great actually for Warrington this year, but there is players that you can get that are exactly the same standard as these players we're bringing over. Like you Gavi, like you'll you, you put Gavi at the side of Matty English. Who's the better player? Yeah, Don't Matty, Matty English. <laughs> how much more will James Gavi be paid more than Matty English? I'd say up to three, four times more probably. I agree, yeah. Perhaps we should, we should use overseas players as a sort of, you know, to... We don't want to give ourselves a disadvantage. Look at St. Helens. We've got uh, Nagama, Coop, Wigan, Hastings, French, etc. Could go on. So if, if we were to just limit ourselves and say we're not signing any overseas players, we'd be definitely putting ourselves at a disadvantage. But I, I do agree with what you're saying that we need to be pickier about which ones we do sign because it's hard to get rid of them once they're here. My point on the overseas as well is, like I said, yeah, I agree with Josh, probably don't get rid of them altogether. But you name two then who have been good for us, Akuma Tai and David Fayumu. Did any, any of us actually know who they were before? Seb were another one who were good when he first came over. Did any of us actually know who these were when they signed for us? No. no. Only the last big name Aussie that we signed, apart from Britt Alderson off the top of my head, that actually did well for us. Season did for the first half of last year. I'm not going to disrespect him for that. You know, he's no. shown glimpses still this year, so I'm not giving Caesar too much. But like I said, Luke O'Donnell, Fire Logo, mm-hmm. they're all big signings who got injured. Caesar's actually now spent half his time on the field injured as well. Yeah, he has. He has. I'm not, I can't blame him for injured. I'm not no. saying they're injured on purpose. You can't. It's all about luck. But it just seems to be our luck in general, I suppose, with the squad anyway, with injuries. Like, when was the last time we didn't have tons think, of injuries every season? I think you've, you've got to be really picky, haven't you? I mean, they were a bloke out of contract last year, Tom and Moan from uh, South Sydney. Young lad, 21. Really, really decent prop that didn't get a contract. I think he got injured, but it's players like that that I'd be looking at. You know, players with a point to prove that young want to come here, potentially will be here for five, six, seven years. You know, Castleford got Luke Dawn all them years ago. Um, you know, players like that that come over that want to spend the career here. If they can't sit, like Luke Yates is another prime example. He probably won't play in RL again, but he'll spend his whole career in Super League. 
and he'll be a really good Super League player that ends up hopefully stays at the Giants for another five, six years. It's players like that that we, you know, Salford got him over here to start on it with London on it that got him over here to start with. It's pickups like that we need to be looking at. Rather than, you know, you know, looking at players that are in the thirties, like I'll be really disappointed this time if we sign a Ken CEO. If we've got a four or five year plan why do we need to be making signings if, you know, like, signings like Ken Seo, not saying that we will sign him, but, you know, he's an Ian Watson, uh, been coached by Ian Watson before and he's available at the moment. We're losing Darnell, people putting two and two together. But I don't want to be seen as sign players like that. So do you class Jake, uh, Jack Cogger in that as well? Relatively young? Yeah, I, I like him, I would, yeah. Relatively young, point to yeah. prove. Yeah, exactly that. Not yeah. Matt Frawley, obviously, because he only yeah, 21, he's still a young lad. You know, if, if, if we were, if Cogger had come through... Giants Academy people would be have a different view to him than what they have now because he's in because he's come from NRL and he's an Aussie people are expecting him to be a finished product but if you look at his age he's 21 mm. you know he's, he's younger than Ollie Russell <laughs> you know who would you rather have in team would you be more confident I, I like Cogger, Cogger yeah, I like in team Cogger. Or, or Ollie Russell I think 95% of fans would say Cogger so you know I mean in another two years he might be much better than he is now okay let's move on to we touched on that email as well, didn't we? Um, I think you got blacklisted by Ken David, Jake, didn't you? Because I don't think you got that email when it first came through. So if you're listening, Ken, Jake wants to uh, add him back to the whitelist if possible. <laughs> He's definitely um, listening to this. That's why he didn't get the email. <laughs> I think so, exactly, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we got the email through. I thought that was decent communication from the Giants. So it was really good. It outlined, you know, what's going on. And, you know, I think a lot of the time people bemoan a lack of uh, transparency, don't they, at, yep. at sports clubs in general. Uh, but I thought this was really good and really detailed, and it does show the level of injury that we've got. And I think it may have been dependent on a test or something, but there was approximately, for the Castleford game, which was going to be tonight when we're recording, there was going to be around 20 players unavailable. And it just shows the the poor state. And we can sit here, can't we, and go, oh, that game was rubbish, and rubbish, rubbish, rubbish. But really, when you look at the cold, hard facts, it's a mess, isn't it? You know, And it's not necessarily the Giants' fault or anybody at the Giants. It's just... The situation is um, is a bit stark, now, isn't it? Because you know they've got injuries, the COVID protocols. It's it's a it's been a tough season, hasn't it? And to be honest, it's not even that old. But I think we'd be glad to see the back of it already. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go off top of here, so please help me out. But let's look at the lads that are either out for the season. I've got two or three games in them. So you've got Adam O'Brien, Joe Wardle, John Luke Kirby, Michael Lawrence, Aidan Caesar. Jack Cogger, Lee Gaskell, all them lads are out for either long term, not due back till August at earliest, or not, if not at all. Now, what, have these injuries come from contact injuries that happen in rugby league games? Or have these injuries come back because they're playing too many games in short space of period? They bang on about player welfare. There is no player welfare. Leeds and Cruz leaving last night, played for Leeds, him and Matt Pryor. Matt Lewis and Matt Pryor. Four yeah. games in about 12 days. You know, how is that fair when these players are going through it? And then the question is, well, why have every club got more injuries? Well, they're going to when you're putting them through that amount of games. Yes, I get they've had to condense it in, but now they're about calling the World Cup off anyway. Well, you condense all these pitches in because mm. of the World Cup. So why are we calling the World Cup off? Which this should have been sorted. That the World Cup's definitely going ahead or it's not going ahead, so then we don't have to condense our season into five months and have these game players playing three games a week and... I just now, want to throw it in there as well now that loop fixes are stupid anyway, but carry on. Yeah, 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 loop fixes. Why scrap the loop fixes for this year? I get you've got a contract, mm. 
But look after you no. Know, what's more important, the contract or the players out, the players well. No wonder there's a shrinking pool yeah. of players, isn't it? Especially with what's going on. It's... Players don't want to be doing it, and it's hard. And I'm sure if you speak to any of the lads, they'll tell you they love playing and they want to play. But come on, lads, be honest. It's, it must be tiring on you, and we all know it's hard for you. And just the NFL, I don't think actually care about player welfare. Like tonight, <laughs> we've had to forfeit the 24 0 loss to Castleford. I get why. We haven't met the threshold of seven. I think we had five or six out. We're one off. We've got six, seven season-ending injuries at the club. How do you expect us to play a game and back up again and play on Sunday? We can't. No, especially with Academy, having played Saturday. You can't let young lads that never played Super League before say, all right, you've got another game in two days, lads. <laughs> I mean, the only way about the player welfare now is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Salford forfeited a game last year, and I'm sure they get points deducted at the back end of the season for it. So what happens if we get points up to now and say we have six points up to? We're actually one win off Lee now being relegated at the end of the season because mm. we've had to forfeit a game because of player welfare. It's something we're not meant to play a game. Well, that's come down yeah. to the RFL fitting three games a week in. Yeah, not Giants' fault. No, it's ridiculous, and we, we made the right calls as a club because if we hadn't, if we'd have gone ahead and played that game, we might have ended up forfeiting the next two or three games due to having yeah. I mean, no. I hundred percent back the club in what they've done. I think it's yeah. completely the right decision. Right, um, fair play to Watson. Fair play to Richard Fulis for sticking up for these players, looking out for these players, saying, you know what, forget the RFL, we're not playing, forfeit the game, well, we'll just have to hope we don't get points inducted and mm. we don't end against, we know, let's be honest, we know we all say we're safe, well, and don't believe yeah. we are, yes, I don't believe Lee will win four games, but do you tell me we're safe if we get six points inducted and only one win in front of Lee? Absolutely no, not. But going back, going back to Richard's email, I mean, it was good from the club because I mean, communications generally not the strongest point, uh, strong the strength of the club really. Um, if you do email in though, I will say they do always get back to you, but they're not really forthcoming with some with, with certain communications. I have to um, say, Jake, you know, I did say it was from Ken Davy, but it's not. It's from Keith Hellowell. It said chairman yeah, at the yes, bottom, and yes, I obviously sorry, thought it was. But Ken. what I meant is, if you do email in, Richard Fulis generally will get back to you if you've got a query or issue. Good man. Um, you know, a couple of, I have in the past, I think, encouraged him to sign James Cunningham last year, actually. You can all be responsible for that one. That's um, why you've been blocked. I've heard the scouting's <laughs> ropey at Giants, yeah. Um, but, you know, players on there like Chester Butler and John Luke Kirby, you know, people have been asking about those for months and no one had had a clue, you know, there could be a little bit more forthcoming with keeping fans updated. Well, they have his put Chester Butler is uh, is actually named in the email, which is good. He's yeah. put his starting, yeah. starting running in the next week or two. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can't see him playing this year if he's only starting running after being not, uh, injured for two years. You know, it's pretty unlikely we'll see him this year, I suppose. He's recovered, but, he but, says, recovered from his surgery and hopes to start running this month. Um, hmm. But yeah, hopefully to return in July. But what, no, no, what none of these four players are expected. But the, to uh, the email suggested to me as though the club have written this year off, and you know, sort of building the fans up to a the dot might not expect anything from the next couple of years. It's a long, you know, long process that Ian Watson's got to put in place, which is fair enough. We'll, we'll get behind them, but like I said, I don't want to be seeing no thirty-year-old imports here just for a pension. If that's the case, we want to, you know, get the right structures in from from the youngsters and get that built up yeah I thought the email was was pretty well uh, put together I thought I felt better after reading it than I did before about about the way things are going at the club and you know why the game was called off even though I knew there'd be uh, a very good reason and there was um the whole thing just I don't know if it's because we're just we're struggling but 
I'm really turned off by the whole league this season, just the way obviously the COVID issue doesn't help. This game's called off left, right and centre. It just, it just feels like a bit of a farce, to be honest. And you've got teams like even Wigan can't fill 4,000 seats in their own stadium or whatever it is, a quarter of the capacity. It, it just feels like, well, if, it just feels like no one's bothered. It's just, I mean, uh, it's, just wait for the season to end and hopefully things, by the time next season comes around, things will be back to normality. And we can going to take some marketing next season to get everyone back on board as well. Oh, exactly. And I mean, as a player, I mean, I don't know how players feel, but if you would say if you'd got to a grand final this year and won a grand final, would it have felt the same as it would have felt in a normal year? Mm. Well, well, there'll be fans year, there yeah. this year, so hopefully. Yeah, well, I suppose there will be, but something just doesn't feel right. You, know, you go to no, games, it and it's just, it's just like it's, it's like going to watch a. I just don't know. Just, Everyone feels like they're going yeah, through the motions, yeah. don't they? I can't, this year. I can't put my finger on it. You know, going to away games, you're not getting as excited as what you used to do a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. You know, all restrictions at league, getting told to put your mask up, or you know, when yeah. you're trying to have a drink, it's like you know, it's just. Just ruining the whole not, experience. I'd love I've to see you drinking through your mask. <laughs> I've not been in the ground since last March, and obviously there have been some dark times through this whole period, and one thing I was really looking forward to was getting back in the ground as early as possible. Uh, and the fact that I haven't been yet, uh, even though I've had the chance to, I think sums it up, really. Um, I've still not been back into a, a ground to watch live sport, and you know I could have gone to Catalan game last week, and I really didn't fancy it, which I know obviously... It's because I knew we were going to get beat pretty badly, but um, I just, I just uh, until everything opens back up, which obviously is going to be in the next couple of weeks. But even then, it'll be te- test and trace. And my question is, um, why is rugby league been hit so hard by by COVID uh, more than other sports? Like football's done quite well, hasn't it? Huddersfield Town played a whole season last year and it felt like it was a normal season. There just weren't any fans. Whereas Super League this year and last year, it just feels like. It's, it's a complete uh, farce because of COVID, which obviously isn't their fault, but I just want to know why. It's, why, it's the why. coverage in it and the platforms, like, you know. What, I reckon. What, they have the I bubbles, don't they, in football? Fight. They had all those yeah. uh, social bubbles in football, which they mm. adhered yeah. to, didn't they? I think only one town player from the entire season had to isolate, which was Isaac and Benzer. And he, he didn't have COVID, he just he came into contact with someone who did. And that was it. Whereas rugby yeah, league. Is it professionalism? No, I don't think it is. I think football can afford to put their players into bubbles mm. and not leave bubbles. Like the NRL put all their teams into bubbles. I don't know if you've seen the news. Yeah. St. George have had to sack one of their players and find Banalow because they brought the rules and they're supposed to be in a, in a bubble. Yeah. Super can't afford to put... True, obviously, they can't afford to put our players in a bubble. So, that, no, our players are still going to pick the kids up from school. Yeah. They're still going yeah. to shop to do all the shopping. They're still allowed to do everything that we're allowed to do in, the, you know, go to London for the weekend as long as they're wearing face masks. You know, they're not in bubbles like the footballers were. The footballers have, like, have got... Championship in your Premier League yeah. in bubbles. They got equipment delivered to the flats and houses, didn't they, so they could exercise and all sorts, whereas rugby league, you're going to have to go to yeah, the gym, aren't you, and stuff you know, like that. Yeah. Sort of wanted to do that, and I think that's why. The other one that I had question is basically similar to where Josh is. Why is Super League struggling? But there's none in the championship, and the championship is still going to work during the day and playing on a weekend. They work all week, play on a weekend, but they're not having many as Super League are. Is it that's the one that quest, I question. Is it because they're not all full time? They don't see each other training every day together? Oh, yeah, well, that, that could be. At risk going to work. Yeah, like, me, I work in an office, so me going to an office and going to training and so I'm seeing 50, 20 people in an office, then I'm going to training and seeing 30 people. 
Mm. Is the testing not as rigorous in the championship? Could, could be, I don't know. Man. That's the question I had. Is yeah. Why does Sue please hurt bad in the lower leagues? Jake, Jake, email Richard like Thewlis and get him asked. It feels like Super League has <laughs> suffered more than any other um, sport that I'm aware of in terms of cancellations and it's just... It's just completely ruined the sport for me, and I've lost I've lost all interest this season. To be fair, but good season um, to start a podcast, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, like I said, Wigan v Saints on the other day, and I've just lost all my time. Yeah, I'm people, the same. I'm the people same. People might say, "Oh, it's because you're doing crap this season." And I, I still watch Giants games, even though our season's done. I'm still going to watch them. I think the Euro's been on hasn't helped either. We've only got to look at Wigan. The tickets have been made, made available for the Giants for Sunday. That says it all. That Wigan, it all. Wigan can't even sell out 4,000 tickets for, their, for an home game. I mean, another name in sport and they can't get exactly. 4,000 fans at home. That says it all. I mean, from a Giants perspective, it, from if we've got a four and five year plan, it does worry me slightly if we're going to be you know, say potentially struggling for the next few years and taking some hammerings like we've taken against Catalan and, and, you know, going forward as crowds are going to get probably get less over the next couple of years until we start picking up, mm. um, you know, the poor crowd again on Friday, uh, last Thursday against Catalan. You know, I even considered not going myself, Josh, or that. I said mm. to you, didn't I? You know, I made the call late to go because I knew what were coming and I was thinking to myself, do I want to trek down to the stadium to watch an absolute hammering? To then come home depressed, whereas if you're watching it on our league, it's you know you switch off exactly because of the COVID restrictions. You get there and it's it's not enjoyable. You know if if you could mingle and have a beer and you know then it's it's enjoyable. It's worth going down for. But when you know that you're going down to take an hammering just to come home on your own, when you could just watch it on our league and then and then just gone to bed straight away afterwards. (laughs) Our league is a game changer, though, isn't it? For that, yeah. The whole FC game on 22nd of July, I'm hoping to go to. So I think maybe the club should, you know, not not give tickets away for free exactly, but try and do something to drum up a bit of interest for that game. Because um, there's a long way to go in this season. And for us to write off completely uh, from the club side would be a bit dangerous. So we need to try and get some results. And I think maybe getting a decent crowd in for that whole game, you know, all the frictions are gone. Everyone can sit where they want. I think that could be a good strategy for the club to, you know, really push that game uh, on the market in front. Look, um, if there's a chance to get a result, it's this Sunday against Wigan. <laughs> but yeah. saying that, you know, when clubs are struggling and they're searching for a win, you generally know where the first win comes from at the same time. So well, We've got two goals at them, haven't we? Hopefully. We have. You know, Wigan are struggling at the moment. You know, they've got ISIS banned for two weeks now. I don't think they've got any players coming back this week um, from their injury list. So, you know... No reason why we shouldn't be able to give them a bit of a game if we get a few bodies back from. If it's uh, on, if it's on, if it's on, yeah. It's on, Which hopefully we'll find out until the day before, no doubt. Not not the club's fault. Not having to go to the club. It's no, just they got to give it the way, every chance. It's just the way there. things are at the moment, it's just it's dragging on, isn't it? But hopefully, I, th- I do think we'll have a better team next year. I know you're saying we might struggle next year as well, and the tone of the email was sort of don't expect much next year either. But if you can get the people out the door who are not on board. I think that will make a huge difference, just getting people out, you know, the likes of Caesar Edwards, if rumours are to be believed, Gavi. Um, and if we can get some of the players in that we want, you know, all the players have been rumoured, Teofage, Akifo, Hill, um, Lola here, they're all players that are going to buy into what Ian Watson's doing. And I think we can have, not expect miracles, but I think we can hope for a much better season next season. That's what I'm looking forward to. Hopefully. Hopefully a bit more direction. That would be great. I think it's about planning for next season now to be honest like Jake said earlier before you came on Josh 
give Will Price a go, let him have a few more games this year because he probably was the only bright sparker last week and maybe give like the likes of Kieran Rush and Fenton Rogers and go from the Academy Ronan, you know, Aiden, give them a few games and just got to make sure we don't go down that. That's the main thing, isn't it? That's why that, that's why for me now, if we you know, if Ash Bot looked a bit dodgy last week at fullback, you know, if for that intent on playing Leroy Kudjo and having him having him inside, get Jake Wardle to full back for the rest of the year, say, Look, we need you to play this position. Get Lewis Senior on left wing, give him a run of games like we've given Owen Trout, ready for next season. Get Oliver Russell, keep him in. Yeah, might not have been great against Catalan, but you know, I think even Caesar and Gaskell would have struggled against Catalan because we'd have still got steamrolled up middle and they'd have been would have been on back foot anyway. You know, give these lads a chance. Sam Hewitt, keep him in. Can only keep going back to Owen Trout. Look, it's doing him the world of good playing him week in, week out. And he's getting better. And you can see he's getting better as well by his performances. So you know give these young lads a chance this year now. I think having Caesar, obviously I'm gutted for him that he's injured. Having Caesar and Edwards ruled out for a prolonged period might not be the worst thing because if they don't want to be next season, you're in the position where do we play him? Because if you don't play him, they could kick up even more of a fuss. But obviously, Watson doesn't have to make that decision now. It's been taken away from him. So we can just forget about them. Um, exactly, well. exactly. So, and you can give you Will Price. I wouldn't play him every week. You don't want to You don't want to burn him out or get him, you know, no. his, his body's not ready for the Super League week, no. in, week in, week out. But give him like a few games, like now and again. Just and maybe feed, yeah. uh, next season, give him, uh, send him out on loan. Um, Look, if we're struggling for players, crazy. there's no wrong with him being on bench or, you know, Coming on, you know, if we're good, but I'd always start him in the game. If he's that good, if he's good enough, start him. And then if he's looking like he's struggling, bring him off, play him for 40 minutes, put Sam Wood on. You know, if we're struggling, but if we're not struggling, like you say, playing this week at Wigan, there's no reason why he can't play this week on Sunday and then can rest, the rest, rest him week after. Yeah. For me, it's about, I think Watson just needs to sit the players down and look them all in and say, right, who wants to be a who done? If you don't, put your hand up. We won't pick you for the rest of the year. We'll try and sort someone else out. If you want to be here, then let's, you know, I only want, we only want players now, we? he was going to show a bit of fight, a bit of grit, a bit of determination on field, and I think it's time Watson needs to just get all them players, find out who's here and who's up for the fight, and then play them boys, and whatever happens for the rest of the year, we'll back up if they're putting everything into it, so fingers crossed it turns around shortly. Right, guys, I think this will be a good time to end uh, this week's episode, so thanks to everybody that's listened and, and continues to listen and get in touch with us. I think maybe a prediction of uh, what's going to happen against Wigan. Will it be on? And what will the score be uh, if it is? So, uh, Josh, you were late, so you can go first. Punishment. Well, if it is on, um, I think, yeah, I know they're struggling, but I don't know, it's just Wigan, isn't it? Wigan away is always a tough game, uh, in my head anyway. Um, I think it'll be tight. Two teams that are bang out of form. Um, It could come down to which team has the most intensity on the day. Um, so if we can get up for it, um, I think we can win. So I'll say Giants 16-8. Jake? Yeah, I think it'll be another narrow defeat, to be honest. And I think the difference between the teams will be Jackson Hastings. If you saw him the other night against St. Ellens, he never gave up, even when they were struggling. Um, always on field, always directing team. And I think he'll be the slight difference between the two teams. And I'll go for 14-12, Wigan. No. Uh, I agree with what Josh said. Um, I think it'd be tough. I think you look. I know we're going to bang out four and a few injuries themselves. But if you look at Jackson Aitens at one, Lulai seven, Smith six, Powell nine, the spine's probably a bit stronger than us. But you know I me, mean? I don't say we're going to lose. So 
we'll flip it round. I'm going to say Will Price masterclass to see his own when he, if he's going to start or come off bench, he's going to win it as in where we'll win by a drop goal, kicked by Ollie Russell. I'm going to go 18-14 and Owen Trout to be the uh, man of man of the match. I'd like that. I like it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so let's see who gets man of the match. There you go. Right, that's it for this week. So thanks everyone for listening and uh, let's hear let's hear the music that we've not heard for a while. <laughs>